DJ and PK, 97.5 1280 The Zone. Time to talk basketball with our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. Steve joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Uh, Steve, we've got uh, two stories coming together right now. And I'm just thinking, man, if you are a coach and you had to deal with these two things... <laughs> it's so what percentage of the job is about X's and O's and what percentage of the job is psychology and dealing with other people from administrators to assistant coaches, to high school coaches, to players. You know, I, excuse me. I think that once you have established a system and how you're going to either prepare for a game, how you're going to prepare for practice, the things you're going to do physically, the system you're going to run offensively and defensively, most of that is done in the off season, and you come prepared to camp, ready to you know to put in that system and then develop a culture around it that's going to be successful. However, you know, think a few things happen. Got a little something in my throat here. A few things, <coughs> excuse me, are happening there. Number one, uh, the performance by players uh, is either where you like it or you don't like it, and so you're doing things daily to help them get better through skill development or things team-oriented. But when, when things get together and you're moving forward and you're preparing to play games, the most important thing is the relationship with your guys and their understanding of who they are and what their role is. And I think the, the toughest thing about coaching is the ever-changing roles of players and how you manage that. You know, that that management of the role of a player and how they'll be used and what they're doing can change. It can change from week to week sometimes, depending on their performance. Or uh, the surprises that come to a coach when a, maybe a younger player or a transfer comes in when you didn't think they could make the kind of contribution that they could make. Now you're having to manage those things. So, honestly, uh, the fun part, the, the, the really fun part is preparing a plan and plugging in your guys and watching them execute it. But down the road, for the team to reach its full potential, they have to stay bought into that. And that, that can be challenging because things are ever-changing with injuries, people not performing well, maybe some team issues, culture issues where guys aren't getting along. So I think if we're doing what we're supposed to do, we're spending more time on the intangibles as assistants and especially and as head coaches than we are the actual game preparation because we know that's a given. There's a time for it. It's a place for it. We know what we're going to do. The intangibles become the difference between being a good team and a great team. So the two stories I'm referencing here, one, the NBA with the draft moved to October 16, has set the date to withdraw as October 6. So there could be some coaches who won't really know who's on their <laughs> roster until the morning of October 7th. That's a problem. And then players on social media, and obviously there's a lot of social issues. There's a lot of racial issues out there. Donovan Mitchell uh, looks like he's upset. Now we're not talking to him, so we're trying to go off of uh, you know the tone of, a, of posts on social media. But it looks like he's upset. And to have players on social media, to have players who can jump in the transfer portal at any time, to be looking at uh, October 7th, you find out one of your star players is leaving for the draft or has decided not to leave and is staying. It, it seems like coaching is less about X's and O's than ever before. Oh yeah. No, no question. And I think the uniqueness of this time 
and the circumstances. The environment and circumstances are usually pretty predictable year in and year out. You kind of know the time of the year, you're staying in touch, and there's always uh, evidence during the course of a year, especially with elite players, whether they're going out or not. I mean, you will be very foolish not to talk about those things. I mean, you have to talk about those things. There can't, that can't be the big ele- you know, elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. You've got to be talking to the player. You've got to be finding out where their goals are, talking to their parents. Where do you see this? And, and, and give them as much education as you can so it doesn't become personal and confrontational. I can't imagine not really knowing, you know, who's there. Because the other thing that's very difficult is they're not out recruiting. I mean, they can't be out. And they may make, make some adjustments here in the, in the next few weeks or something. But to not be able to recruit uh, and really have an idea who's out there who may be able to replace. Now, there is the transfer portal. Everybody's been active in that, and they've used that as a resource for filling in for guys that might go you know, into the league or at least think they're going to go there in the last minute if they choose not to. So the, that environment and circumstance for college basketball is really, really hard on coaches. And, uh, and I suspect even the players not knowing exactly who's coming back. But if I'm in that situation and I know I've got a special player or two, you know, I'm having my guys. I'm having the players. We're doing everything we can to get them to stay here and be part of something special and take another year. Let's get to the tournament. And you know what? Young people can be really influential, and even more so than coaches and even more so than parents or an AAU coach. They have good friendships and have good relationships. Uh, man, I'm pushing all those buttons right now. It looks like I'm going to be losing people that six months ago, you know, I thought they were going to be with us. So that's not great timing for college. I'm sure the NBA would have much rather have it be differently as well. But uh, I think, to be honest with you, that because of a lot of the unknown, that guys are maybe going to be more likely just to say, you know what, I'm going to wait until things get more normal. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to go on. Now, I, I can play another year of college. I can have a good year. There'll be a draft next year, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, in the summer, like we normally have it, um, I, I think it it lends itself to maybe as a college coach uh, putting you in a position where you might get, get a guy to stay because of all of the surrounding issues and challenges going on in our world. So we definitely know that this year and the upcoming draft in the fall is on all unusual. But, you know, at some point we hope that it will get back to normal, as you say. I look at the situation of what's going on in college athletics, and they're trying to make rules now to benefit the players and the athletes more, and I'm all for that. As I look at basketball, putting your name in and then, you know, you don't get drafted or you do get drafted, whatever, I'm wondering if we could do a thing like baseball in terms of you don't really have to put your name out there. They take you or they don't take you, and then you don't have to make a decision, I'm going to declare, and then you can decide. You sign If you're an incoming freshman, you sign a letter of intent in November, and the draft is in June. And then you can evaluate, do I want to go to school, whatever, or do I want to go sign with the team that's drafted me? And then I get to decide. Where in uh, basketball, they don't have that decision to be able to make. I would like to see them go forward, even if it means some roster fluctuation and some doubt, giving the player the freedom and his family to decide what to do once they have all the information, as opposed to, I've got to put my name out there, and I stay in a draft, and I don't get 
drafted or I don't like where I'm going, but I've lost my college eligibility. As a coach, do you think there's a way to smooth that over like they do with the college baseball situation? I, I, I like that thought um, for a couple of reasons. One is that it, it, it takes a lot of the elements out of it. I mean, it's kind of like you got so many individuals and entities influencing young people in college basketball, okay, from their aunt and uncle to a high school coach to an AAU coach to an agent that's a friend of an agent. I mean, it, it is the waters are muddy. And you hear all these voices, okay, and trying to make decisions, which is a distraction, uh, which can impact how they play and perform and their confidence level. I, I completely agree with you that take it all out of their hands. Take it all out of their hands. Everything's clear and transparent. This is what it is. And uh, if David James is, uh, you know, the 62-point guard that we want, then we're, we're going to let him know that he's, he's one of those people. And, and we're going to move forward. Uh, I think the, the cleaner and the more transparent and open you can be, the less misunderstanding that takes place. And when misunderstanding takes place and people don't know where they fit and what they're going and whose agenda is this and whose agenda is that, you, you just you create a really toxic environment. And, and what happens is people's feelings get hurt. <clears throat> and a parent is upset with the coach or – uh, a teammate is upset with a guy who seems to be more interested in the next level than maybe helping this team win 25 games to get into the tournament. All of that kind of innate selfishness is really destructive to, to a team. And, 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 you know, more than just the culture of the team, but destructive in all ways. And so you want to, you just want to push away all of that and let those that are in charge take care of that and free the minds up of these guys and these parents and let them be more realistic in what's going to take place. I, I agree with you, Pat. I, I just think that it makes it a better workplace. It makes the environment better. The experience is better. And there's not all of this stress. I mean, you know, I'm around young people a lot, and it, it is incredible. And I don't think it matters where you live, but this is a generation of young people who have a lot of anxiety. And that are struggling with things and on their self worth, <clears throat> and and it's it's not just in, you know, it's not uh, a Hispanic thing, an African American thing, a white thing, an Asian thing. I mean, it's all peoples. I can't speak for people outside of our country, but I've been around young people enough that I've never seen uh, young people so kind of misunderstood and trying to figure themselves out and trying to figure out where they fit. And it does cause anxiety, and there's an uneasiness. And you can't perform well when you have all that going on and you have all those noises from the outside. And so, yeah, you know what? Uh, I like that idea, Pat. But the second thing is that coaching staff, that support staff, the, all the people that work in that program, the 30 or 40 men and women that work in a, in a collegiate basketball, they all got to be on the same page. You know, what I've seen is I've gone around and watched programs you got a trainer telling guys something in a training room. you got an assistant coach who recruited a kid. It's his guy. You know, that, that gets real personal. And that's really, really not good for, for a team environment. And you have all of these little mini relationships going on, and they're all destructive. you got to get everybody on the same page. And, of course, that starts with the head coach 
And, and initially, it should start with an athletic director that defines what a culture should look like and how we're going to go about doing this. And then each individual coach does it in his own unique way. But when you don't have that uh, and you have so many misunderstandings, oh, it, 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 it makes me tired just thinking about it, you know. And, and it's not how you want to run a program. So any rule, any system that can simplify things for these young people, I'm all for. I think you hit on a key word there, anxiety. Uh, so I'm, I've still got a teenager. I've got a kid in high school, and I mean, if I start telling you everything she's told me, she'd <laughs> slash my tires. So, <laughs> so I can't go into it. But that word anxiety, and not just about her, but about uh, what her friends are going through. Uh, and I was, a, I thought I was aware that there was a lot of anxiety out there. And then she told me stuff, and man, I just, I mean, I seriously needed a couple of days to recalibrate and go, wow, there is way more anxiety than I knew. Can you kind of paint a picture? I mean, where, where does that come from? How deep does it run? How much does it impact athletics? Because it impacts everything. Can you explain that to people who aren't in the middle of it? Because I should be in the middle of it and realized I wasn't on more than one occasion. Well, in one sense, you are in the middle of it because you are very involved in social media and uh, whether it's Instagram, social media, Facebook, and those kinds of things. And the value of a like, the value of, of a recognition. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I get on, you know, Instagram with, with my friends and, and the families. You know, I mean, have you ever sat there and just watched, you know, this family who are individual, they're, you know, they're in Tahiti or someplace, they're having a great time. And, you know, I'm watching all these things and, man, I got no life. You know, I got no life. <laughs> and I'm seeing all these people having these amazing experiences and, you know, how much they love this and that and all the recognition. Well, you take a 17 or 18-year-old young man or young woman or younger, and, I, and I'm dealing with 18 to 25-year-olds. I'm dealing with about 140 of them. And so I'm talking to them all the time. And their self-worth oftentimes comes down to a like or a dislike or what they look like. Now, how that evolved, and, and you know, just... You just got to go back to the computer and, and see how this, this whole thing's evolved. But these kids are on those devices and phones, you know, and I have grandchildren. I talk to my children and, and, and I, I'm a firm believer that the, you know, the phone goes off at night and at a certain time with, you know, I'm not talking about 19, 20 year old kids. I mean, that hopefully can responsibly use those things, though they're probably not. <clears throat> but if I'm raising young children again, you know what, I'm being really, really stingy with that thing and, and that access to that because it is that, that culture of, of where we get our self-worth from is, is not from a phone. It's not from an app, but, but that's what's happening. And personal relationships, conversations, uh, they don't happen. And we, we know that. It, it, it's well documented. People talk about it all the time. You know, family can sit at dinner table and we're going to go out to dinner and, uh, we're at uh, Bahio's having a taco, and not one word is said other than the eating and on the phone. And I, you know, I, I, I had that happen in my home, and I just I said, no, <laughs> we're done with that. Took the phones down. But that is what does trigger some of that anxiety. It's not the only thing, but, you know, I think there are a lot of things in life where there's expectations. And when expectations aren't met, we feel insecure. And, and, you know, I have two or three very, very close friends that are therapists. 
I constantly seek their counsel on things because I, I don't understand you know, the best way to approach this or that. And, and, and talking to young people, and I think the great communicators are going to you know, the great coaches are going to be great communicators. If you can't communicate at a, at a really high level and your staff can't do that, then you're going to struggle. You're going to have a lot of portal people in and out of that portal. And because you have to see what is real. And we live in a real world right now where there's sudden injustice. There is, it's a real world where there's panic, where there's a pandemic. And all of this lends itself to the unknown. I, I'm dealing with kids right now that can't even go to school. They're trying, well, what am I going to do? What's going to happen next? You know, we just got to take this day to day. Well, we would be foolish to think that's not happening in college football or college basketball or in the NBA. I mean, it, it became, it's pretty obvious from a few of my friends in the league how these young NBA players, that, that social media platform is, is this important as their jumper? Is it important as their contract? I mean, <laughs> it, it's, we get caught up in all of this and forget what's really important. We come back to relationships. So, yeah, you know what? I, I, I know your daughter's struggling with things because you know what? My 15-year-old granddaughter who just moved to Utah from, from California, I mean, I had to sit down and, and, and she has loving, great parents. But it was a chance for me to sit down with her and just get her to believe this is going to be okay. You, you, are, you are good, <laughs> you know. But we're, we're doing a lot more of that than we've had to do in the past, and that's because of the environment we've created with uh, all of this technology and social media. Uh, man, parents need to spend more time talking to their kids. I mean, talking to your kids. And we get really busy. we got things we think are more important, but nothing's more important than our kids. And uh, that's, that should be the message to the world. I, I want to share with you, I was, you, you know who uh, Faraday is on the Golf Channel? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, and he, and he does his Faraday show, and I mean, some people may not know that, but he's on the Golf Channel, and he's always interviewing anyone. He interviews golfers, he interviews celebrities. I watched an interview of uh, Bill Russell. It, it was eight years ago. And... Uh, they were having a conversation about race and different things. And Terry, he's, I think he's from Ireland, you know, and he's, but he's an American citizen now, white guy sitting there. And he goes, he says, you know what? Bill, he says, I don't know what to do. I mean, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not a racist. I don't, I don't know. I don't have even thoughts like those kinds of, that's not what I'm about. And he says, okay, I know that. And so he turned to him and said, what do I do? And he was feeling really anxious about this and, and not knowing the right thing to do. And Bill Russell turned to him and said, bring your children together and teach them to be kind. And when you teach them to be kind and you show an example of kindness in your home to your wife and to your children, as these children grow up, they will understand what kindness looks like and feels like and should be. That will be the first step to eliminating racism, where we can be kind to everyone. And, you know, I don't even know why I was, why I was probably just channel flipping, trying to find some sports thing on TV, hoping Golf Channel had something going on. And it was just a two or three minutes. And I thought, what a great message. 
What a great message that we can do that. And uh, listen, this is Sports Talk Radio, but everybody listening to your show has someone in their family struggling with anxiety or health issues or whatever it might be or just not being good enough and people being bullied and all the things and all the racist things going on. That wears on your soul. And I know when I've had, you know, as a coach, you know, you, you have anxiety. You do have nerves and things, and you have to learn how to control it. But I think you've got to make sure that you're, you're in control of that environment so that you can help young people and, you know, deal with those things and, and, and really, you know, everybody wants a platform. And, 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 and certainly I get all the platforms that are out there. But just being kind to one another pretty much takes care of it all. And we really have a hard time doing that because of jealousy and selfishness and all the things that tear teams apart and tear families apart, lack of trust. So if I'm a coach today, I'm spending a lot of time on the intangibles just because I know if I can succeed there and get them thinking differently and feeling good about themselves, I got a better chance to get the most out of them and help them to reach their full potential. Steve, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on with us. You're right, guys. Take care.